Welcome to the Messianic Media Podcast, a discussion of Messianic, Christian, and secular artistic works with David and Mark. Welcome to the Messianic Media Podcast, a discussion of Messianic, Christian, and secular artistic works with David and Mark. Today we're talking about two albums from Modest Yahoo. We're talking about Live at Stubbs, Volume 1, and Shake Off the Dust Arise. Live at Stubbs is a live performance which features many of the same songs as Shake Off the Dust Arise, which was the debut album. The live album was released in 2005 and the CD was released in 2004. The live album was the first, that was my intro to Modest Yahoo. So I actually heard it on a mainstream radio uh, station, well, an alternative station. It was interesting to hear a Jewish artist on, on a radio chart, Jewish music, musicians that are in mainstream bands, but it was definitely unique to hear a, a distinctly Jewish sound on a mainstream radio. How did you uh, first find out about Modest Yahoo? I think it was probably the same kind of thing. Was that radio station 94.9 in San Diego? It was, yeah. Yeah. So I think it was, I think, I don't know who else around the country was playing the the um, the music, but I think, I think that was the same way that I heard it. It was, if it wasn't that, it was, you know, it was maybe somebody introducing it to me, but I'm pretty sure it was 94.9. Uh, I probably was interest, introduced to it a little bit later, like maybe like 2005, maybe, a little, or 2006 even. It was a live track that you, live version of um, King Without a Crown, right? I heard King Without a Crown. I probably uh, ended up borrowing the album from somebody, um, maybe you or maybe one of my roommates, and then uh later i ended up buying youth i remember you know it wasn't like a, a year or two later but uh yeah this this live version of, of king without a crown i think was on the radio yeah they did you re-recorded his most popular song for the on the follow-up studio album once i heard the song you know i, I went and uh listened to or or bought the uh bought that live album and then i did go back and listen to the previous album and listen to it even in in 2005 before the uh before the follow-up uh, studio album after that um and it's interesting to hear a lot of the difference between that i think we're going to mostly talk about live cool. subs and then we'll listen kind of talk about differences between that i think we're most familiar with the live album um and then uh you know some background uh you know modest yahoo the jewish artist um and then at this time he certainly was um part of the hasidic community it seems over time they you know later down the road he maybe became just part of the general uh jewish community but it was kind of an interesting thing in that you know he definitely was an observant uh jew that was you know performing full-time and he was, you know, more observant than, than I was, that he follows, you know, a lot of the stricter Orthodox or, or Hasidic traditions, um, 
like where they grow the beard, um, wear uh, fringes on their garments, um, also didn't perform on uh, Shabbat. Um, so from Friday night till Saturday night, which obviously that that's tough for a touring artist, uh, recording artist to to do. Didn't necessarily follow all of those things, but it was interesting to see someone that was performing and that was uh, distinctly identifiable as, as as you know a very traditional Jew. See some of the iconography like the album art, you know, pictures or seeing him in the videos, they can tell that he's uh, distinctly Jewish. Um, but uh, were you able to, did you know um, that right away or is that something that you uh, found out after listening to the albums? I think, I mean, it's definitely clear in the music, like in the, in some of that studio and just the lyrics itself. But then all, uh, I think some of the chatter around the album and around him you know, I talked about that rock reggae rapper dude, and you know he's he's observant. Uh, he's he you know he doesn't perform on Shabbat, and uh, you know he, he just his appearance you can tell just by looking at a photo of him. He has you know like little curls gonna grow out their hair, you know, as in traditional uh, Jewish way. He was wearing a yarmulke at the time. Uh, I think he had a pretty long. Can we have a big year? So I actually did see uh, Modest Yahoo live a couple times. Um, so I saw him once in San Diego and once in Chicago. Um, the Chicago one was low-key event. Um, it was more of an acoustic set, um, which was, you tell that it was talented and it was like a, an Israeli cultural day or Israeli independence day. It was a nice event and I think they might have been toned down some to, to, it might have been toned down some to fit a wider audience um, as far as it goes. And I think it was w really well received. I did see him also headlining a show. Um, it, it could have possibly been just um, Modest Yahoo because it was a long enough performance um, in San Diego. And it, it was really funny to see the crowd on that. There was a large number of ascetic Jews that tended to be younger, and they were up there in the near the front and really, um, you know, representing and enjoying the music and even doing a little bit of moshing or something. And then there was also a large crowd that was the uh, reggae stoners kind of stereotype. So that was right. That was pretty fun, and I, I really enjoyed the, the live performance. It was very skilled. Um, you know, both him as a singer and the way the songs were structured and also some, uh, very talented musicians, guitar, bass, drums, everything, and everything was weaved together. Cool. I think a lot of that comes across on the studio, on that album, too. I think uh, a lot of that comes across live on the album, on the Live at Stubbs album, which is pretty cool. I just watched a couple uh, YouTube clips of his live performances, and I totally agree. I'm impressed by the way that his vocals are able to capture the same kind of quality of his recordings um, when he performs live. It's the same kind of same kind of sound, same kind of quality. There's obviously some songs with breaks in between, but it's a it's a lot of singing um, throughout that, and you know it's impressive he's able to 
keep the voice going through all that. I did notice um, watching the video performance itself, um, you know, the live concert video versus the album itself, they changed the song order a tiny bit um, mm-hmm. the recordings, which I don't know if you have an opinion on that. It was, it was just interesting that they did change the orders, a, a song order a little for the CD release. Yeah, you know, actually when I was listening to Live at Stubbs, Volume 1, I, you know, I actually kind of, it felt like that at a couple times where a song kind of like where the band, the band vibe and the way the kind of stuff he's talking about and the flow, it does, it does sound like he's, uh, there might be just a few songs that are, they've changed the order. It all sounds live, but it's not a straight performance. What, what are the differences? Yeah, they moved, uh, chop, chop them down to the beginning. It, basically the beginning of the CD. Um, that was in the second half of the, of the actual performance. Close My Eyes is, is, is the um, final track of the live, or on the CD. And that was also, uh, that was from the first half. Oh, and uh, King Without a Crown was uh, the second to last song from on the actual performance, but then they moved it up uh, about the halfway point on the uh, on the CD release, it seems pretty shuffled around. I'm I'm not quite sure why they did that. The main reason I think is that they is that they do have a stronger opening song with uh, "Chop 'Em Down." That order kind of matches the um, kind of matches the arise the shake off the dust arise playlist too, where you have "Chop 'Em Down" as the first track. The live matches that as opposed to the performance, the concert performance. Yeah, both the live performance and the uh, Shake Off the Dust start with, essentially start with Chop Them Down. Which is a good song. I like that. I like that. I think it's one of my favorite Matisse songs. Yeah, and I agree on that. Like, I really like the message of Moshe in the Wilderness. Um, mm-hmm. It's one of those, I think, where it's clever, really clever lyrically, and and it tells a biblical story um still mm-hmm. so i think it has really good flow it's interesting I, I think it's one of the one of the songs where i really like both versions of it um so i do yeah. like i'm not as much of a fan of the toned down version of the first studio album i still appreciate a lot of it but that was probably might be my favorite out of the initial studio recordings um so yeah, I think, cool I hadn't really heard the term yidden before, um, which, uh, so yid is kind of an informal phrase for a Jew. And so I'd never really heard of yidden as like a plural of that for for Jews. There's one line in Chop Em Down, which I, I don't understand. And I'm wondering if you could, if you know what it's talking about. It said, uh, peel off the lid, this is just plastic. Yeah. No, I, I don't, that, that's got to be a modern reference. I don't know if this is specifically Hasidic, but the surface layer and then there's like the soul layer, which seems to be a theme on his in his music, especially this early music. Now, I don't know. I don't know what the what the plastic is, you know, cause it could just be talking about a CD or, you know, or just um, talking about plastic surfaces of people. Yeah, and I mean, it was talking about, you know, wandering through the wilderness and, but... I 
don't quite get that one line. If someone wants to uh, explain that line, uh, feel free to email us. Um, yeah, was Moshe in the desert using a plastic staff? You know, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like uh, the youth, youth, youth room. Plastic yeah. staff. I like the lyric that the handle for the axe used to chop the forest comes from the actual forest itself. It's an interesting poetic uh, line. And then later it goes on, like talked about the staff that that Moshe, Moshe used to split the ocean in half. Yeah, I mean, we talked about um, Johnny Cash recently uh, and, you know, some of those ideas of sooner or later, God will cut you down. And then when the man's coming around, uh, I, for some reason, I kind of, I kind of associate chop them down with that kind of concept too. Now the introduction took some lines from uh, Amida, the opening line, uh, "Open my lips that my mouth may declare your praise." Um, so that's a very common line and something that's said every week in synagogue. So it's an example mm -hmm. of using traditional liturgy. So on the "Shake Off the Dust, Arise." Uh, track list you know track two um i was not familiar with that from the live album and this was the actually the first week that i've listened to shake off the dust and i enjoyed it um but yeah I would, um are you were you familiar with track two um from, from no I, yes so um, i did see that it was you know referencing a specific bible verse um but i didn't have any uh, meaning for that but Got No Water it was, is another new song uh, to me from this, uh, you know, from the this the studio album, which they, you know, I guess that wasn't included uh, in the in the uh, live album. But this is a really cool song, and um, yeah, it's like it's some ideas of like it starts off you quench my thirsting soul and you feel my appetite you and i you know believe in yeshua is ultimately what really is you know the, some of the you know the lord using you know with through yeshua is is going to quench quench our thirst like yeshua said um you know he is he has living water that he can provide quotes like that in john um where you know this is my body broken for you also in terms of like filling my appetite but i, I like i like in, in matthew Yahu, like seeking the lord for you know the desires of our heart he brings forth the fruit the fruit and of the vine and brings forth the bread from the earth those are like in, in prayers and I, I like i like those those ideas and with from matthew Yahu that he's highlighting them and he's encouraging people to do that Oh, it's good. And I think the phrase, you know, like living waters, like that's in Jeremiah. Um, mm -hmm. I think that, you know, it's a common theme and it would come across, um, you know, in certainly in the New Testament again. But I think that's as good as, yeah, um, God providing life and sustenance for the people that trust in him. Hashem rules the world and Israel is his wife. Uh, love you, yes, my God, with all my heart and my soul and my might. That's pretty, it's like, that's a cool line. Um, you know, a lot of times, you know, in modern day church, people talk about the church being his bride. The title of the uh, album, Shake Off the Dust Arise, which um, 
you know, wasn't explicitly mentioned in any of the songs, but that's a line from Odi. It's a song that's sung for welcoming in the, in the Sabbath, for welcoming for the start of Shabbat. The bride preparing to be with a groom or Israel preparing to be with God. So depending on your your view of that, and obviously, it's, you know, it's symbolic for both that you know Israel is becoming the is becoming the bride. Okay, so now we'll go to King Without a Crown, which is definitely the most popular song from Modest Yahoo. I think he's had a few other popular songs since, so I, I wouldn't quite say that he's a a one hit wonder, but he's definitely um, known for the song, and yeah. I think it's definitely deserved. Um, you know, I don't think the uh, the original studio recording is is that special, but uh, it really changed and got updated for the live recording. And then later he went back and did a new studio recording. I most like the 2006 studio recording, and then I like the 2005 live version, and then I like the, the older version. So, but this is still, I think that the live version definitely deserves, it definitely put him on the map. I kind of go back and forth between, you know, the the live version and the the, the later studio recording. Um, but yeah, I think the later studio recordings definitely like a, like tighter and stronger, but some it's kind of cool to hear some of these lyrics being spoken live, which is which is why I think I just like the live version. And that and I think the live version is the first one that I heard. So that was probably the first Matsu Yahoo song I heard. Yeah, for me too. Yeah, a couple of great lines in it. You know, I I want Mashiach now is something yeah. that I've heard in a lot of different contexts. Now it is interesting in the Chabad context, a lot of Chabad do have a different figure as a as a messianic figure. Um, that when they're they're singing, um, I want Mashiach now, they're talking about their um, previous rabbi or they made that chant well known um it still was a pretty popular chant and it's something you know it's a phrase that's in jewish culture anyway but it is interesting and then modest yahoo never explicitly stated either way whether he uh believes in in their rabbi being the messiah he he seems to yearn for mashiach my prayer would be (laughs) that he would know the true mashiach Right. But yeah. Chabad groups definitely have a yearning for Messiah that we can, I can relate to as a Messianic Jew and you can relate to as a Christian. Yeah. I like the line, uh, stay high. If you, you say high, you're bound to stay low. Pride becomes, comes before a fall, not being too haughty of yourself. Um, also quotes a lot of uh, Psalm 121, you know, it's a famous Psalm, you know, lift my eyes up to the hell, where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. I also like uh, circling around a mountain and then talking about thunder. The combination of that uh, makes me definitely think that it's talking about Mount Sinai, um, where the, you know, in the Torah, when God's presence was above the mountain and Israelites were nearby but they weren't allowed to come up on the mountain only moses was um and it was basically like his presence was surrounded by thunder and lightning to basically hide his presence from the people um so i think that's a good version um i really like those lyrics yeah 
That's cool lyrics. The um the one that one of the ones that has stood out to me for a while is the ask Has ask Hashem for mercy. Yeah. He'll throw you a rope. He kind of says that in the middle of a phrase. That that phrase, I, there was an interesting time. I was in a Bible study and we were praying for somebody, um, and we would like we would kind of listen sometimes and to see if the Lord would provide any images or words for for us to pray over this person. I thought about this, like this Matus Yahu song lyric just popped in my head, so I kind of prayed prayed for the person. So I. It's a good. Um, I, I I always go back to that one uh, because you know, interestingly, God actually, you know, has has used Matthew's um, words in some funny ways. Yeah, it's it's interesting to hear, um, you know, Hashem and God and and you know, in a radio song, um, you know, Hashem being is another word for God. Um, you know, I know we previously went over Adonai as a word, and then Hashem is basically another th thing, just meaning the name. So it's it's definitely referring to God, but then not the, you know, the um, the main name of God, but it, it definitely is one of the most common names of God, so it's recognizable for that. I like to explain that one to some people. There's a popular song in a you know, Christian worship called "Blessed Be the Name of the Lord" by um, by uh, Matt, Matt 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 Redmond, and uh, that song basically is Baruch Hashem, is "Blessed Be the Name of the Lord," right? That's 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 technically the translation. Um, I wasn't quite sure on the actual reference of the the actual um, name of the song itself. Like a king without his crown, you keep falling down. It seems like it's a reference for like a children's rhyme or a Bible story, but I can't quite place it. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird though. I, I can't place it, but like for me, I think of Yeshua, you know, like Messiah coming down to, you know, I don't think, I don't know if this is, I don't think this was Matis Yahoo's <laughs> uh, intention, but it, what I think of, you know, like the Lord humbled himself and he came down to, to walk amongst us. You know that's what we you know that's what we believe, but yeah, I don't know I don't know what his his original intention was. Like there was a line, um, like my love will rip a hole in the ceiling. Um, oh yeah, what is think, that? You know, and and I don't think that's you know I, I don't know if there's a uh, a reference in the Old Testament. You know, I think it's more just talking about like the the dramatic nature of the love. I mean, I, you know, I think of in the New Testament when people physically remove the the roof of a, a building so they could so they could see Jesus and they could lower you know lower someone to get healed by him. But oh that's cool. You know, I think that's that's a personal takeaway, but I'm sure that's not the original meaning of it, you know. Yeah, I was thinking maybe like the Lord breaking through and coming down to maybe even wrath. not wrath, but his power and glory. Yeah. Yeah. The going out to the song Warrior you know, there's some interesting imagery there, too, where he's talking about, like, the kind of the, it's not a king, but it's like the prince, the prince going into, like, rec um, you know, into, almost into, like, exile into the wilderness and, like, saving the princess. <laughs> um, and I was kind of wondering, is this, like, is the prince, like, what is the, what is the imagery of the prince and the princess? Is the princess kind of like the wedding imagery of Israel? 
that he's kind of talking about, the people wandering in the wilderness who are away from the king over the prince? Or what, what was your takeaway with that? Yeah, the princess to the king doesn't really seem like anything that I have a biblical thing. I mean, I guess it seems, you know, like medieval or, you yeah. know, early Christian kind of in in imagery. Of course, it's, it is interesting. It says you're a priest and a prince and you can't be moved. And I think it is interesting that priest and the prince, there's a, you know, a separation of powers essentially in, um, in biblical times for leadership where um, there were the priests that served God and then there was the uh, rulers and they couldn't, they couldn't be from the same tribe. Rulers of the people wouldn't also be the religious leaders. Um, right. it, it seems that, you know, he's talking about how this warrior is, is both. Um, now there is an example um, early in Genesis of Mount Kizedek, um, Yeah. Talking about he's a, who was a priest and a king. Um, so I'm wondering if that was a reference to that or, or not. Yeah. Writers of the New Testament referred to Melchizedek and talking about how Yeshua was, was a priest and a king. You know, Yeshua is a prince of peace. There's the same kind of mystery for myself as well as for, you know, what the main message of this song is. Yeah. Now, son of, son of Majesty, it's another image of Yeshua that's, that, that one is a little more understandable in the Old Testament. Um, son of Majesty is also the same thing as Son of Man, um, mm -hmm. which generally, so the Old Testament understanding is that it's talking about Israel as a whole. Or sometimes it's talking about mankind. Yeah, like Ezekiel. Yeah. That could also just mean that he's basically going between a few different themes um, yeah. within the one song. Yeah, a few different like themes and metaphors. Uh, yeah, I, when I first like listened to the song, I kind of thought about like a mixture of like uh, Legend of Zelda <laughs> and then um, and then early... Mario, where Mario is trying to save the Princess Peach. Yeah, I like the idea of like trying to save like the bride or trying to save the people who are, who are wandering. And I like the idea of God fighting for his people, that too. That I was, yeah, I wasn't sure if it was referring to uh, to like a like a David or like um, you know, being, you know, because other times Matichahu talks about the king. Uh, you know, being also the the somebody who fights for his people, he talks about that in the in another song. Yeah, it's interesting. Of course, I, and I think of warriors. I think of you know, in a, in a reggae context, I'm thinking of it seems you know Bob Marley, you know, talks about warriors a lot. This is this is a common term that he uses. Yeah. When you're talking about like you know removing the plastic, um, so there's a line in this. Um, this place is just a shell. I think uh, in the Jewish context, it was talking about removing the unholy side of the person. That could be what he's talking about when he was talking about plastic or in, in a different song. Now, another new song from the, from the Shake Off the Dust is Father in the Forest, which is really, really interesting. Uh, so it's about the father in the forest and he's searching for his children. And children, where have you gone to? And children, come home to me. And then at the end, it says, Father, Father, we cannot come home because there's a guard standing by the door. And like you and I believe, you know, 
you know, there's like this story that you should have told of like the prodigal, the prodigal son and like the father welcoming, you know, him, the son, the children back, you know, the son, the son back. And so kind of like the, the sin, the, 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 that sin concept you were just talking about uh, and breaking the shell, Yeshua breaks the shell, right? Or he welcomes, welcomes the children back. You know, that does, yeah, contradict that. I was thinking, thinking like maybe it was that Adam and Eve leaving the Garden of Eden and not being able to go back. Um, that was one uh, yeah. thing I was thinking of. Um, yeah, that's actually, that sounds really cool. I, actually, that makes, makes a lot of sense. It incorporated, uh, you know, basically uh, traditional Jewish singing um, as part of prayers where it's kind of the introduction for the song and the, it's similar to the introduction of a lot of Jewish prayers where they can have a, a buildup of where there's no it's not a word it's just a song like lila lie um was common some other things so i i enjoyed that and i think it fit well in the in that song yeah (laughs) i like how mati shahu takes that concept too and then he adds beatboxing to it (laughs) yeah (laughs) i like his his beatboxing he's like he he I've never like before listening to this to Matis Yahoo, I never would have thought that beatboxing could be a type of prayer. But he kinda he kinda makes it into like, you know, and he kinda he kinda melds the two. The, the you know, the groaning before the Lord. Paul talks about how like we can you know, the spirit groans within us. So that's kinda it's kinda cool cool ideas that is is really cool this is one example where i think it wasn't fully developed or at least uh he did more of this in later studio and live recordings and i think he got better at it um so that it was fine in the uh in the cd recording he got even better later on ishtamid um i did have to look it up but it's talking about the eternal flame that's at the temple in the live song he even says what the song is about because um, the lyrics don't mention it as much. So it's basically a flame that would stay forever lit at the first and second temple. Modern day times, you know, people have that same kind of concept from the Olympics, um, you know, where there's an eternal flame going or, you know, obviously it only goes for a little bit in the Olympics, but this is something that went on for hundreds of years. And then metaphorically, Jewish people keep the flame alive by studying prayer um, after the temple is destroyed. Now it's interesting, yeah. the live version, he gives the introduction saying that this will, this is also symbolic of the future third temple. Yeah, interesting. I mean, so from like a Christian perspective too, and like the body being a temple and the Lord coming and making his dwelling within within us too where like he's talking to i think the woman at the well she was basically saying like the worshipers are going to worship in spirit and truth and you know that you don't have to go to the like the physical building temple yeah that's interesting the third temple that 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 comes up in that song i mean i I guess it makes a lot of sense if you're talking about the temple (laughs) i think christians have a little perspective on it because we got to check off the list for you know the end of the world 
and I think that you know Christians probably rightly say that like it doesn't really have a wouldn't really have a purpose other than that because like you said so you know the with the Holy Spirit that you know God's flame dwells within us like it certainly within believers more traditional Jews have the hope of a of a third temple being rebuilt and I think it, it is interesting also that you know a lot of religious Jews and then obviously most of the secular Jews might appreciate it but then they they know like practically it won't happen for a while like that it's it's something that would truly take a, a miracle to happen because of all the political and logistical things that would have to happen for that to to work yeah now they're talking about it right there's some <laughs> interesting stuff going on now right <laughs> we've been talking about it and there's certainly stuff that the dome of the rock is um something like the third or fourth most holy site in islam us looking at it might say oh it seems convenient that they chose the that spot as as an appearance when there wasn't really much in the way of archaeological evidence while there's obviously a ton of archaeological evidence that's the most you know that it's the holiest site for the jewish people some jewish groups have been collecting and rebuilding artifacts that could be used in a third temple you know like different essentially tools that would be part of it in preparation. Yeah. There was also kind of an interesting thing with uh, uh, genetic engineering to to get a red heifer. Um, are you familiar with a red heifer? Yeah, I've heard some of that. With the genetic engineering, are they like doing it the natural way or are they add, they're adding in like chemical, like needles or something like that, trying to get in? Well, I think, it, um, I think at least with the red heifer, you know, in the Bible, it just says, you know, a red heifer without spots, without blemish, you need that as a, as a sacrifice. And it's something that could be used over and over, like, but you need to have one to concentrate the, um, to consecrate the, the temple and then you can keep going. But when the temple is destroyed, they're no longer able to keep that going. And then there's no longer a pure line. I mean, I guess the question is, like, how do you define a pure red heifer? Um, well, it is a pure sacrifice <laughs> that God will accept. <laughs> finding spot and, and blemish. There has been some work as far as like selective breeding to try to get a, a pure red cow, but then, um, but then it has been uh, GMO, like just modifying the genes to, to create. Wow, that's pretty crazy. No, I knew just a little bit about the, the acceptable sacrifice. And it's something that is interesting like that. It's, you know, something you couldn't really have imagined 100 years ago, and certainly not 2,000 years ago. On exaltation, I really like the line, Lord's name proclaimed among the nations. You know, Jews aren't that evangelical at all. You know, Siddiqs are a little more evangelical when it comes to reaching other Jews. So they're not trying to reach the everyday person, but they they would take um, what would be considered an evangelical approach to reaching other Jews and basically having them become more observant and more religious. But I think this is talking about that God's name will be so much of an inherent truth that it'll, it'll reach the world. So that doesn't necessarily require Jews themselves going out 
among the nations and proclaiming the word of God that it'll become obvious enough that the blessings of God and the wisdom of God that it'll spread among the nations by itself. Yeah, this is a song where Matishahu is like so close. I feel like he's talking about the name of the Lord and he's like, exaltation, my God and salvation. There's a line like redeems and saves. That was definitely the discussion I had among other believers, you know, and talking about the Manus Yahoo and stuff like that. It's so close that it provides good material for believers. On the live album, he's he says that Hasidic explains, and there's there's some interesting like I, I thought it was kind of strange theologically. Um, some some of the some of the the light ideas. Uh, everything has an inner essence and all all that on that one track i forget which which time which time he's given that quote but um though that was like the weirdest thing the rest of it's like it's almost like you know if it's it's closed and then obviously like the scriptures like messianics christians you know we it's based on the same the same it's based on it's judaism right you know yeshua is the messiah he's you know he's for the gentiles for the the world to believe too yeah so in refuge it talks about son of his majesty or you know the son of man um and i this is i think one of my i actually really like this studio version um like i like the low-key um version of this in particular um not sure why this one resonates with me while uh king without a crown and some of the other ones um i didn't like as much but um this was a favorite of mine uh, musically yeah i like this i like the, the studio too um yeah that one's pretty cool so close my eyes um one thing i noticed uh, lyrically so he references bob nesta who says that everything will be all right and then it's interesting that you know that's the the real name for bob marley uh gotcha <laughs> nice yeah i'm kind of curious i think it's i don't know if you was just having fun with the lyrics it is kind of interesting some of the getting you high stuff um like i think that like i said so there's you know a lot of stoners at the at the live concert um sometimes a lot of the lyrics you know it's t- it's like hashem gets me high he was into drugs and he and he yeah. up before um, as part of becoming a more observant Jew. Um, yeah, I was I was thinking about that. Like he kind of like like in his teenage years, he was like really into drugs, and then it, it seemed like I was reading up on uh, on it, and he's like he kind of he kind of went to yeshiva school and um, and some of these um, some some of the the he got some of the teaching. I think as he was kind of still coming out of rehab and recovery and and probably um maybe that's some why he's kind of so passionate is that he's some some of the reason is like you know he was so into drugs but then his is he's trying to stay clean and he's looking to looking to god and but also you know <laughs> maybe that that high i i didn't really think about all the the the, the like i didn't make that connection kind of until until recently <laughs> yeah. and it could be you know using some of that symbolism but you know because of his his background and stuff like it's 
it's referencing to reggae music, but mm-hmm. intentional throwback to that, but then saying, you know, it's a reference to to God. You know, I think the studio album is interesting for a listen. It, it, especially, in, I think it's really interesting to listen to once or twice after you've, you know, you're already used to the live album. Songs are certainly better on the live version, but I think it's still still worth a listen. The live album does flow well, even with them uh, uh, changing the order some. You know, I really like that live album originally, and it's like, it's pretty cool and it's exciting. And then it was nice this week to go back to the studio album and kind of kind of dig into that. And I'll, I'm going to continue listening to this occasionally. I think the Lord is using it in my life. I think you have to be careful with a couple little things, like where is some of his interpretations of scripture. But I think it's really nice to hear kind of the passion for Hashem for for the Lord in like I mentioned before you know I pray for him to <laughs> to you know to personally I, I pray for him to to know Mashiach the true Mashiach I definitely agree with that and you can find a lot of meaning in the lyrics and then you just have to sometimes take it with a grain of salt and fortunately it's not it's not directly contradictory to uh, Christian Messianic um ideas other than a moment or two in the live album as long as if you're aware of that then i i don't have any problem with that if you want to get in touch with us email messianicmedia at gmail.com we have our facebook up and running facebook.com slash messianicmedia and that's it for us yeah thank you for listening thank you for listening to the messianic media podcast a discussion of Messianic, Christian, and secular artistic works.